<laughs> hey guys. Hey everyone. How you doing? Um, I am. I'm kind of sort of tired of my camera being up here, right? So I can figure out a way so that y'all I can see everybody like this because there's like going Twitch. Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing in people to watch us. <laughs> so showing off here. Well, hey. well, welcome to a Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens Monday? I go freaking nuts. Yeah, we're ready for smart fall. They're gonna blame it on the guest. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, we are, um, you know, we we had to cancel this show before. I think it was health issues. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Probably health issues on my end. I don't not. I don't know. But um, at least we got to reschedule our show with Mark, and he, you know, <laughs> is with us tonight. So what I'm gonna do, like I always do, is I'm going to play his bio video, so you know a little bit about him, a little bit about the book we're gonna be talking about tonight, and then as soon as the video ends, he'll be with us. <laughs> This week in the Fox Den with Gina B and Mama D, we have Dr. Mark Halpern. He is a chiropractor, author, lecturer, certified heart math practitioner, who is also certified in additional healing modalities, including Psyche and Ho'oponopono. In both his personal and professional life, Dr. Mark has been drawn to methods that promote optimal health and healing of the brain, body, and spirit. But for many years, he's been living a double life. To the outside world, he was confident and capable chiropractor with a growing practice. He excelled at sports, and whenever he could, he succeeded at physically demanding, extreme, and often dangerous outdoor adventures. Yet, this was a man suffering from crippling anxiety when not with a patient or hanging from a cliff. During the initial COVID lockdown, Dr. Mark made the conscious decision to turn what was becoming a disastrous situation into an opportunity to face his biggest fears. He literally reviewed every book, therapy, and method he had tried during his quest to reduce or eliminate the anxiety he experienced for over 30 years. It was a powerful process that enabled him to eliminate the circumstances, habits, or experiences that didn't serve him and how to create coherence between his heart, mind, and body. Thus, the Coherence Revolution was born. The book and online course, Coherence Revolution, Finding Flow on Your Journey to the Present Moment, was created to teach people how to self-regulate and engage in self-inquiry necessary to create an inspired, healthy, and vibrant life. He is here today to call us to join the Coherence Revolution and to illuminate what that means for you. And we welcome you to the Fox Den Mark. And here he is. Good evening. And here's here's the book. It just I love the I love the colors. Well, thank <laughs> it's, you. Uh, it's a it's a really it's really funny because on the video when it says you literally like tried everything, <laughs> you really did. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that has gone to so many different modalities to try to fix the, your issues. I never, I didn't want to leave literally any rock unturned. I just knew that there was a way that I could live a, a better life, more fulfilling life. 
and it, when something else didn't something didn't work i just i just kept trying different things and um you know part of the journey was some things i didn't give enough time and some things i gave too much time hmm. yeah i hate when i give too much time to something you know it's like well you know it's got to get better or it's going to change or whatever but um and again, in the in the video, the video says a lot, you know, but, you know, the anxiety that you suffered, when did that start and how how really was it crippling for you? Well, I think for me, uh, I, I saw the when you look back on it, you can kind of see the way things went. And for me, it was early high school, just, you know, the regular you know, you bully someone, they bully you. You make fun of someone, they make fun of you. And I, I think probably in the grade six, seven, eight, somewhere in that period, I just started developing what I call tendencies towards feeling anxious. Um, and really it developed throughout high school where I just started feeling more and more uneasy all the time, insecurities coming up. And I mean, at that point, I didn't talk to anybody. You really didn't talk to your friends about it. Yeah, no. I mean, now my 14-year-old son is so much more aware and, and the way they communicate is just so much different. We didn't talk to any of our friends and, um, you know, I didn't talk to my parents. I, I think it was maybe a month or two ago. I had a conversation with my parents. Just was there a time that I ever came to as a teenager and said, you know, boy, I'm anxious about this or I'm feeling stressed about that. And both my parents looked at me like, no, never. You know, I said, didn't you notice anything? No, no. you know, they didn't notice right. anything. So, yeah. Uh, I, I just ship this outside, go play, go hang out, go whatever, you know, were, they were blissful, blissfully unaware. I mean, I was, I mean, I was doing well in school and I had friends and I liked to travel. And so on the outside, everything looked wonderful. Um, I just thought maybe they'd give me some insight into maybe what they saw or didn't see, but they didn't really see much. Um, and then I think, you know, the first time I would have called it anxiety, I was maybe 19 or 20, just entering university. And I remember at that point I found a, um, uh, it was some type of seminar offering to explain anxiety. And I remember taking my parents to it and all three of us sat there in the back of this auditorium and we just kind of listened. And it was my first introduction to, oh, like this is a thing, you know, really. Yeah. Uh, but then I, you know, I went to university. I went uh, into chiropractic school. Um, I was feeling anxiety. For me, it was the way I, I, I explain it to people. It's like you're at the edge of almost being thrown out of an airplane and that, that fight or flight that appears, that was my day. That was the way I had to interact with people. So I got really good at being able to bring myself back into the, the moment and speak and engage. And what I did find was that when I was fully engaged, um, I didn't feel anxiety. It was when you let your brain go and think and, and get into all the triggers and all that stuff. So I would always try to keep myself very much um, focused on things. And I would say it was my early 20s. That's when I started doing therapies and medications and uh, energy healers and shamans. And uh, I mean, you name it, I tried it from naturopaths to medical doctors, from you know someone who said uh, they're going to take the knives out of me that were put in me in the, you know, 14th century yeah, to, everything. to someone that was doing, um, you know, I had a little tube and I was doing um, uh, neurofeedback. I was trying to make this ball move in a tube with just my, my, my mood or my, the way my focus was. So 
I, I literally tried everything. I, I drove two hours from my house to have my spit tested so that they would see if there was metals, uh, heavy metals in my saliva and then, you know, do a, a heavy metal detox. So literally from every angle and so much of it really didn't work and do much. But um, as I say uh, in my book is um, when the pandemic hit, I reviewed everything I'd ever done. And, and so part of the book is, is really telling people what didn't work. I, right. And this is quite a bit of it. Yes. I was like, really, this guy seriously. Yes. Did it all. it all. Yes. Did it all. And you know, some of the most impactful things uh, I may have tried a decade or so ago, but didn't really stick with it or didn't give it a full chance, which is heart math, which is sort of the basis of the course um, in the book. I mentioned heart math, but I don't teach it. It's hard to teach just uh, in a book and heart math has books. It's the course that I designed for online um, that I actually teach this technique of heart math, which is using your breath to help you self-regulate and, and bring out a different emotion. And um, that really resonated with me. And, and as I started getting into meditation, uh, I talk about in the book of, of seeing someone, uh, a doctor named Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is a lecturer and um, he talks about how the brain and the heart are connected. And I remember my first lecture with him in Philadelphia. I traveled down there with my wife from Toronto. And uh, the very first time we saw him, they had a team of researchers from HeartMath there. And so I thought, oh, wow, this is two worlds colliding. I forgot about HeartMath kind of. And wow, they're really in. in and it was like this, this meeting of, of my past and my present. And really, it made sense to me. So that's when I decided to get certified in, in HeartMath. But I dove right into Dr. Joe's meditations, which really helped me um, get into this whole area of self-regulation. Because the idea is you're not going to get rid of anxiety. Anxiety is there for a reason. We, we need anxiety to warn us of danger. Right? Right? But we need to be able to self-regulate it. We, we, we have to have a way to come back to the present moment and be able to engage in life. And so that's the process that I take people through. This, this concept of coherence, which is becoming, um, I guess, in tune and, and <clears throat> in balance with the world around you. Uh, and your heart and your brain and getting into this rhythm, um, you know, once you start delving into that, it's different for everybody, right? But the idea, especially with the book and the course, is for you to go through your own journey. But I'm, I'm, I'm giving you tips as to how to dive into each area of your life. You know, different tastes might bring you up or bring you down, different smells, different exactly. sights, different sounds. Exactly. You don't know what triggers who. <laughs> Right. right. And so the idea is to figure out what music is it that that will bring you into a happy mood, which music will bring you into an inspired mood, which music will calm you down. And right. most of us don't know specifically. We just know we like this or we like that. Yeah. But we I, know we know specifically what music we don't like. Right? Yes, that, like, that we know. Yeah. 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 You know, when especially like, the station, yes. For, for instance, you're watching a movie and the movie's great. And then all of a sudden they have this horrific music like head banging yeah, heavy metal crazy stuff and it's really really loud and i'll get like you know what i just can't even watch this movie anymore because right. i cannot stand this music because it's making me yes Maybe grit it's my teeth or, and or whatever yeah That's like, right. uh, you know so yeah it does it has such an impact yeah, so it took me it took me a long time to sort of go through this process but as i've distilled it down um, I want people to have an easy um, kind of ro uh, um, map that if you go through this, by the end of the process, 
you will have gone through every aspect of your life. You're going to know what I call it depletion versus renewal. You know, something's either sapping your energy or giving you energy. And the idea is that you don't even know. There's certain people that you might be around that sap you of your energy. They mm -hmm. leave you drained. They Now all of a sudden you don't have the energy to go and, um, you know, read before bed because that person just took you out of your whole, you know, out of your whole balance. So uh, the idea is that going through this process, by the end of it, you will have your own toolbox. And in fact, your own, um, I call it a, a daily time schedule where you've created the schedule of what you want to do on a daily basis, but not only what you want to do, what you want to feel. Because most of us don't really practice our emotional state. But I believe you have to practice your emotional state because without without meaning it, we are all practicing stress on a daily basis. We go through the same thoughts, the same emotions, and we're just doing it over and over. And anything you do over can be over and over can be considered a practice. So I think that you're practicing your emotions on a daily basis. And most of the time it's negative emotions. So yeah, you, keep on, you, get, you wake up in the morning and you've been having crappy days. You already just envision this crappy day. So now your intent is there. It's set in stone and you're going to have a crappy day. Well, ninety-five percent of everything you do is based upon some pattern that was from days before. We're not—I mean, there and their triggers are happening so quickly. If it's a trigger from when I was fourteen years old, it's going to happen before my thought even happens. I mean, it's just—it just happens. And so the idea is you have to be able to be aware of them, and then once you're aware of what these triggers are, now you can start to say, "Okay, what do I do in this moment?" What do I have set up in my life? Do I have a picture beside my bed? So as soon as I wake up in the morning, that's the, the, what, what, I, what I want to balance me. Is there a music that I want to play? Is there something I want to say to my loved one or they, I want them to say to me? Really thinking it out and planning it out so that your life is designed to set you up for success. Most of us, most of us don't do that at all. We, have, we fly by the seat of our pants and we don't really create the life. We just kind of let it happen. And then we look back and go, oh, well, why did that happen? Well, you, you've got to consciously create what it is you want to see happen. And then you can live that life, right? Because I talk about in the yeah, book. you got to do the work. You've got to do the work. And the fact is, is the work is your life. Mm -hmm. In other words, every day you get to live that process. I talk about it, uh, a process mindset versus a destination mindset. Because most of us have this destination mindset. I will be happy when, right? Yeah. When I get wherever it is I want to get to, I will be happy when. And you realize that you start doing this when you're a kid. I'll be happy when it's my birthday. I'll be happy when I learn to drive. I'll be happy when I get a girlfriend, when I get a boyfriend, when I get married, when I get, when a get out of school, when, when I get, yeah. Right. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. All of a sudden you're, six, you're 60 years old and you're like, well, when is it time to be happy? <laughs> right. So to me, a destination, uh, that's a destination mindset. A process mindset is you set yourself up on a daily basis with the way you want to live your life, the type of things you want to engage in on a daily basis that you've tested, that change your emotional state, that inspire you, that keep you in a positive mood. And then you get up every day and you live that process. You've designed it to live a happy life. And the idea is you follow it. And when you fall off it, you get back on it. It's not perfect, but you have a process set up. Right. But it's going to definitely, I mean, it's going to take more time for someone than someone else. I mean, like you said, I mean, there's crippling anxiety and then there's regular anxiety. Yeah. If there's such a thing as regular anxiety, you know, it happens and I can work through it. And for right. me, and, and I like the, the, the part in the book 
and you were just talking about is is finding that music and music isn't always the same thing like the music i paint to bizarrely enough is country western never listened to country before but okay. for some reason that worked with the painting what but i oh for me i have to have what i call noise i have to have noise in my ears and for me it's music and it just it each day is different but more often than not it's like it's my old soul showing up. It's like 50s and 60s. You know, it's like, mm, I like that. It just sort of mellows me out. It's, it's yeah. funny you say that about music. Um, we were doing the course live uh, last year. Now I've got a recorded version so that people can do it on their own time. Okay. But in week four, which I think is session four, I encourage people to get finger paints. And what I did is I put together a track of music that has, uh, I believe it's 15 songs or 17 songs, somewhere around there. And it's 30 minutes in length. And the idea is that it's every genre of music that you can talk, that think about. There's drums from Japan. There's classical okay. music. There's country. There's 70s rock. There's pop. There's everything that you could think of. And the idea is that you're going to be finger painting and you want to see how your flow changes based upon the music that's playing. And most of the people that did it had this really profound experience where their art would change, their mood would change as the music shifted, the art would shift. And it was just a really cool experience for people to see how their emotional state changes. So um, we do that in session four because it's kind of wrapping up our senses. We've talked about sight, sound, taste, smell, all of the different senses. And so we wrap it up with this painting exercise that, I'll, that I guide people through. But it's it's really, again, it's not a it's not supposed to be a serious, you know, very solemn. No, and it's something that you it's can fun, you enjoy can, it. You can understand though. You you know, you're 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 pointing out the fact that look at look at this changed while you have oh, I was just gonna put that up, sorry. Yeah. Um, look how this changed when the music changed. All right, so Sharon says, I had severe anxiety and I was living, living in fear every day, thanks to me. <laughs> she helped me pull me out of my dark place. Oh, <laughs> but thank you. You know, I mean, we, we bring all these people like you. and That's one of the things that's important is having somebody in your corner that you yeah. can talk to and know that they're not going to, you know, they, they think you're nuts anyway because that's why they're your friend. But I mean, they're not going to think you're more nuts because you're talking about, you know, your feelings and how you're we feeling all. and all the, 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 the sh excuse my language, but shit that goes through your body yeah. as you start to stress. You know, and, I, and have, I think one, one of the most important things, sorry to cut you off, is that you cool. don't um, you don't identify it as you. In other words, I often got in a habit of saying my anxiety or. Mm. I was always anxious and it was re it's really helpful when you say a part of me or this old part of me or the, the anxious part of me. In other words, it's not all of you. So even if you're waking up with severe anxiety every day, there yeah. is a part of you in there that that is still the sane, energetic, loving person. But the anxiety's kind of taken over. And when you can separate it, that you know that it's not you, it's not your whole being, you can kind of start to... Um, narrow that and, and make it smaller because it's not all of you. And so some, for me, when I was in my darkest place and uh, you know, the woman who just said she, you know, she woke up with severe anxiety all the, all the time. It, it's important to realize that it isn't you. It is a part of you. And um, you know, just as that very simple shift mm. help you pull out of it. Mm. Yeah. Carmen says hi first. And then she said, my anxiety has got so bad that, to to some points I'm doing hyperventilating. So 
Yeah, that's that's not that's not great. That's like a anxiety attack, right? Like a. Well, let let me uh, let me address that one point because uh, I think this this could help that person. Um, <laughs> what you're hitting on is b- your breathing is drastically affected um, when you're anxious. And so hyperventilating, you're trying to get more oxygen in, and you're not really doing it. You're, you're hyperventilating, you end, up, uh, you end up passing out. But if you think about, um, I'm not sure if the audience is very familiar with the nervous system, but there are two parts of the what's called the autonomic nervous system. One speeds you up, one slows you down. So the one that speeds you up is called the, the sympathetic system. That's your fight or flight system. That's anxiety. The opposite system is called the parasympathetic system, and that slows you down. That calms you down. That's relaxed, digest, and rest. That's the parasympathetics. So when you breathe in, your heart rate actually goes up. When you breathe out, your heart rate goes down. So when you breathe in, that's your sympathetics. When you breathe out, that's your parasympathetics. So if you're stuck in an anxiety attack, you're really anxious, if you change your breathing to elongate your out-breath, not your in-breath, elongate your out-breath, you're going to stimulate your parasympathetics, which is your rest and digest system. So you're going to counteract that fight or flight. So even if you don't know the entire heart math protocol, just simply elongating your out-breath will help. That's amazing. That is great, great, great advice. But what about what, what is it with the breathing in the bag thing? When they say you're hyperventilating, well, that has to do with getting carbon dioxide in 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 the on the body, and it, it carbon dioxide can um, well, essentially it help it can relax you if you don't pass out. Uh, but the fact is, is it's not a good long term solution. Yeah, and you're not going to breathe into a bag like that when you're in your car, when you're in a meeting, when you're you know with loved ones, you know, and you're like having a you're you're freaking out, you're sweating, your palms are getting sweaty. I can do it all the time when I still get anxious in a, in a, wherever I am, the, the difference between me now and me five years ago is I have the confidence that literally within 20 or 30 seconds, I can, I can get rid of it. Um, not that it will never come again, but I can get rid of it now simply because I know how to self-regulate. And part of it is a big part of it is with your breath. And so learning how to do proper belly breathing, not chest breathing, most people who chest breathe, what they do is they breathe up and they compress their lungs, which uh, squeezes their lungs together and it makes it uh, less oxygen and, and creates stress. Whereas if you um, breathe through your stomach, you get your diaphragm to come down, your belly comes out and you're expanding your, your diaphragm, which is now you're expanding your lungs, getting more oxygen. And then you breathe out through your mouth. So if I can demonstrate, I usually have people with their hand on their chest and one hand on their belly. And I say, this hand shouldn't move. And so what you want to do is go only at the end of the breath does my hand rise just a little bit and then out through pursed lips. So even if I'm in a meeting and I'm stressed out and no one's, people are talking around me, I can easily just, yeah, you know, and then... No one knows I'm breathing slowly out of my mouth, but I'm elongating my breath so that I'm stimulating the parasympathetics. And all of a sudden, I you love this. You bring I, I, down. I absolutely it love makes this. it makes a lot of sense because I have somebody who's near and dear to my heart that when they were in a panic and an anxiety attack, they would call me, and the only thing I would hear would be <laughs> so just the inhalation. 
Yes. You know, they would forget to exhale. Yes. And I, I'm, 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 I'm the one who, with my calming voice and non-threatening manner, can, as I call it, talk them out of the trees. It gets them to calm down. But because listening to me makes them stop the, you know. And so, yeah, that I like that. Just that. getting people to breathe out. Yeah. Stomach, stomach breathe if possible. I mean, it's funny. Uh, when I have my patients try and do stomach breathing, at least half of them, when I when they do this, they they cannot fill up their stomach like a balloon. When they breathe in, they they have to heave their chest up because there's no neurological pathway to their diaphragm to let it expand down. So mm. it takes practice. You've got to train does. that mm. breathing pattern. My, my dog do, used to always yell at me because they said, "You, I don't breathe to fill up my lungs." Like I take small, shallow breaths all the That's time. That's right. And uh, and he's like, you know, you really should breathe deeper. And I yes. just and I don't, and I don't know why. It's like well, it's, you it's do it with the timing. It is definitely training. It's you've you've practiced breathing the way you've breathed your entire life. If you've never been a stomach breather, there's no pathway to allow that to happen. So you've got to consciously start to create it. It becomes easier. And yeah. as you do it, it becomes, it becomes your natural. I know I'm a, I am a full stomach breather. I very rarely breathe through my chest, but if I catch myself doing it, I can switch it. Uh, but it took time and it took time to just practice that. But seeing as we have to breathe every day, it's simply certain. It's something that you can simply practice um, no matter where you are at any time of the day. So now Carmen, that, that the same, same girl. Okay. She said, all right. So sometimes she ended up taking Xanax. All right. Now, would it be as you're going through the program okay to be taking these pills and stuff but at the end is it the is it the like um, target to get rid of all of that so i've had um i'm going to say a very interesting up and down journey with it, with medications my whole life <laughs> from a philosophical standpoint the body is a self-healing self-regulating organism you're not anxious because you don't have Xanax or Prozac or whatever in your body. But on the flip side of that, I'm also wanting people to live a happy and easy life. And if it takes a medication to take the edge off so that you can do some of the work so that you can meditate and do the breath work and go have some fun with your friends and play music and watch whatever, you know, show to get your mind off it. If you need to take something to do that, especially short term, then absolutely. Long term, it's harder. I mean, I've been on things for years at a time, months at a time, and then I've been off for years at a time. Um, I have no judgment upon it because I want people to live the easiest life they can. I just know that, you know, there's certain drugs that they don't do what they're supposed to do and they're very toxic to the system. So I think it's on an individual basis of how it, how it affects you. Um, my fear with Xanax is the fact is, is it, it makes you tired. Um, it doesn't inspire you in any way. Uh, and it's not making you healthier. Um, so if you have to take it because you need to be functional, no judgment. You've, you've got to do what you have to do. But if it's not making you better, then at the same time as doing it, you should be, in my opinion, doing the work, doing something like the coherence revolution or learning breath work or meditating or something in that realm. Because... Um, I used to, I've taken Xanax before. It's been probably about a decade since I have, but um, I just remember it took a bit of the edge off. It didn't make me happy. It didn't really change my mood and it, it, it didn't really solve anything. But yeah, I guess if I was in the middle of a panic attack, it would bring me down. So um, 
you have to look at what it's doing on a positive and a negative for you. And if it's not doing as much positive as you'd like, what else are you going to do? It's your life. How how much happiness do you want? <laughs> you know, how, how much um, joy do you want in your life? And if you're happy where you're at, great. But if you're not, I encourage you to continue to do work um, to find more happiness, find more inspiration. Because so, that's that's kind of where the world is at, though. It's like you go to, you get anxiety. Where do you go? You don't go to someone like a chiropractor that's been through all these anxiety things. You don't right. think of that, right? So that's not top of your list. Your top of your list is what? Psychiatrist. What's that's a psychiatrist right. do? As soon as they see you, they bring out their pad, they write you a script and send you on your way. Right. And that's, and that's their training. You know, that the fact is, is that's their training. You, If you go into a Chinese food restaurant, you're going to get Chinese food. And if you go into a pizza restaurant, you're going to get pizza. So, you know, God love them. They're there for a purpose and, and when you need them. However, it, you're the master of your health. So you've got to be able to determine, is this good for me now? And is it good for me long term? And, and yeah. if the answer is yes, then okay. Um, but there's always trade-offs and the idea is you have to be okay with the trade-off of whatever the side effect is, whatever it's doing to the, the rest of your health. Um, and so each person has to kind of make that, that call. Obviously, if you can be happy and healthy without it, uh, that would be the end goal. But I don't think that's the, the goal of the coherence revolution is not to get you medication free. It's to get you to set up a life that works for you. It's to get you to set up a life that inspires you. And the result of that will be less medication, less external help. Yeah. Well, um, I do think too, now when you're more upbeat and you're more happy, your system tends to like heal itself. Yes. On a much higher level. Absolutely. You know, when you're depressed and, and, and anxiety filled all the time, it just, you know, that's when all the disease. So, so there's a, there's a, uh, there's a diagram in my book that looks like a sine wave. Yes. And, yep. and the fact is, is what, the, what HeartMath did is they started measuring people's heart rhythm and there were different emotions like happiness and uh, gratitude that your heart rhythm would go into a perfect sine wave when you felt those, when you felt those emotions. And when you felt negative emotions, they went into jagged, uh, jagged responses. And so literally your emotion will affect your heart. And when your heart rhythm changes, your brain rhythm changes because your heart's rhythm. Yep, exactly. Your heart rhythm is about 40 times stronger than your brains. So if you can get your heart rhythm into a smooth pattern, you can start to affect the higher centers of your brain, which is decision-making and stress. So that's why heart math is so powerful. When you start to breathe and feel different emotion, because there, there's actually three parts to heart math. One is visualization. You visualize the oxygen going in and out of your heart. Two is breath, breathing rhythm. You breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Three, you bring on an emotion. So for instance, um, they've got some biofeedback technology. And what you do is you hook yourself up to a thumb monitor or an ear monitor, and it measures your heart rhythm. And when you hit coherence, when you get into this rhythm, heart rhythm, that's called coherence, there's a little thing that goes green and it makes a beep. It goes beep and it goes into this nice smooth rhythm. So you know you're there. The only danger with this technology is that if you're anxious and you're doing this technique and it's not going into green, it's staying in red, the tendency is you get frustrated because you're like, why aren't I doing this right? But right, you, have yeah. to, you have to get past that and just continue to do the, the technique. 
And I remember the- It's just tough for us OCD overachiever type people. Yes, because you want to achieve the- I have the no idea who you're talking about. Um, but the first time I did it, uh, well, the first time I really experienced coherence with this technology, I was sitting on my bed and I was doing the breath work and I was breathing relaxed and I was visualizing the oxygen. And then to try and bring on an emotion, I was thinking about a beach. I was thinking about lying on clouds. I was thinking about things that make me happy and nothing was working. And I remember thinking, geez, what am I doing wrong? And then I don't know, but in, um, inspiration hit me. And I pictured in that moment, my daughter, who was about six or seven at the time, I pictured her jumping in my arms and giving me a hug. And the idea was I didn't just visualize the hug. I felt it. I felt mm -hmm. her arms around me. I felt the kiss on the cheek. I just, I literally felt it. And then without, without even having to hear the beep, I knew that I, my body had a whoosh come over it. And of course the technology went beep and I looked on the screen and my heart was in this perfect rhythm because the emotion was able to change my heart rhythm. And that heart rhythm then changed my brain rhythm and my entire system changed. That's coherence. And so if people are wondering if, if coherence is, is an actual thing, you'll know when you're there. You feel it. It's not, it's not just a fictitious thing that you're never going to attain. When you're in coherence, every cell in your body is going, ah, oh, I feel good. You know, you really, you really. And that's like it. the tip of the iceberg. So once you hit it, it's like, a, oh, okay. all right, now it's a drug itself. Okay. Yeah. Now and now you know how to get there. And now yeah. the idea is to practice getting there in harder situations, getting there for longer, for getting there in, you know, different, uh, different um, situations in your life and in your day. And right. so the, the, the key with heart math is you can know the technique, but then you can practice with the biofeedback. And so there's lots of ways to get to do it. In my course that I teach online, um, I take people through, there's probably five or six different versions of heart math, different ways of, of, of getting into that coherent state. So each session we, we discuss heart math. I, I get people to practice and then you learn how to do the technique. You don't need the biofeedback technology but if you'd like it, it's good to help you. Otherwise, you, you can just learn the technique without it. Yeah. And this is a case in point, which is a good segue for this. Um, again, Carmen, um, I had a really bad one. Let's talk about you know, panic attacks before uh, she was supposed to travel and get on a plane. Um, and then she said, I, I'd love to travel without having a panic attack or anxiety. So that would be the win-win. You know, like what... Is it that triggers you getting so, into? So it's interesting. I, ha I had one of these uh, type of people that um, had panic attacks going on airplanes. Uh, in the book, I talk about a technique called Psych-K, psychology kinesiology. Uh, it, was, it was invented by a guy named uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. He wrote a book called The Biology of Belief, which if you've never read The Biology of Belief, should go number one on your list. It's, it's an awesome, awesome book. Yeah. And uh, I, just, to, just to say, too, on the end on the back of the book in your appendix and stuff yes. you have all these different books listed yes in here um good books by the way yes and and so muscle testing if you've never seen it um essentially uh if you stick out your arm and someone wants to push it down you can do it as you were saying like this there's different ways to muscle test but generally you're going to be weak when your subconscious and your conscious don't agree and so you can then use it almost like a lie detector Right. You can you can start saying, you know, I love myself. And if it's weak, well, you don't have a subconscious saying that I love myself. I deserve to be happy. If it's weak, you don't have a subconscious, uh, you know, um, input that says 
uh, or a thought that says I, I deserve to be happy. But you can start to delve into someone's uh, sub subconscious. And so when you start to find out why uh, someone is the way they are, why they're afraid, you can start inputting with this technique, Psyche, a belief system into the subconscious that says, I'm, I love flying, you know, and you can start to correct some of these beliefs. So um, what I suggest for people with that is A, find someone who does Psyche, which is really powerful. And then B, you learn how to do uh, heart math so that before you get on a plane, you get yourself in the most coherent rhythm you can and you practice it while you're on the plane. The idea is to stay in coherence as long as you can. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think people like that can certainly be helped um, and, and discover why they're, why they're getting triggered. Yeah. yeah, that's that's my that's my question in my head is what is it that's that's triggering her? What is it like? Is it fear of plane crashing? Is it being small places? You know, to me, that's where she, you know, I would start. But I'm not. Professional. Of course, right. well, it could be any number of things. I mean, you know, it could it could be that, you know, as a, as a kid, you saw a TV show that scared the heck out of you. And all of a sudden, you know, you're an adult and you don't have a conscious memory of anything negative, but you're terrified. Yeah, of planes. Exactly. You know, you, you just you just don't know when that belief system started. Maybe at a very vulnerable time uh, that you took in this this message, right? Yep. So you can get this book on Amazon. You can go to uh, www.coherencerevolution.com and see the courses and everything on there that is listed on there. Um, now, this the the course, like you said, like it's going to kind of take a little bit longer and less time for others, but basic basic thing how does it how do people sure. you know so, so for, first of all any of your listeners if you go to the website coherencerevolution.com i've made it so you can download the ebook for free so if you if if you don't want a, an actual paper copy you can download the book for free anybody tonight that's watching or listening go and download it it's not nothing attached you can go and, and download it and i i created a code it's called cr30 uh, which will give you 30% off the recorded course so um, what I was saying about the course before is that it was, it used to be a six week live program. The problem with it was that people were loving it, but there was so much information. And the, if you were going to do a proper job and dive into each aspect of your life, a week wasn't enough to go through all the material we covered on the Monday to get to the next Monday. So that's when I determined, you know what, this is better right now as a recorded course, because you can, uh, it's divided. I think there's about 24 videos, 23 videos ranging from 10 minutes to 20 minutes. Uh, there's six different sessions. So what you need within each session, there's, um, uh, four or five videos, three, four or five videos in each session, but it's divided out so that you'll learn some breath work. Then we'll go into a concept. Then we'll have some discussion about something to do with stress, something to do with your belief system, something to do with how to inspire yourself. And then we'll get into um, a type of coherence. So whether it's auditory coherence or visual coherence, or we talk about subconscious coherence, and that's when we bring in psyche or muscle testing and I explain it. And so each week or each session goes through different topics. And when you, when you sign up, you'll be able to see descriptions uh, of them. Uh, but you'll just have access to the back end of the website. And then essentially you just go video through video. And if you go session one through six, it takes you through all of it. 
There's also a workbook when you get the program and the workbook has all kinds of worksheets. So there'll be a worksheet for auditory coherence. There'll be a worksheet for figuring out who the people are in your life that deplete you versus renew you. Um, and then there's, there's a template at the very end called the DTS where you're going to put down everything you want to do in your life on a daily basis. So I get up at 6 a.m. I go to bed at 11 p.m. What do I do in the morning? What do I do after? Everything that you put in your life that you've designed. And then you start putting in what emotions you want to feel at different times of the day. And now you've got a toolbox that you've developed through the whole course of how to attain different emotions. Because the fact is, is if you look at uh, emotions on a spectrum, there's a quite a big difference between becoming peaceful and becoming exuberant, right? They're, they're, one is high energy. One is low energy. They're both positive emotions. But you're going to do different things to feel exuberance than you are going to do to become peaceful and tranquil. And so the idea is if you want to be tranquil in the evening and inspired in the morning, what are you going to do to achieve those emotions? And so the idea is for you to have an idea how to use the toolbox you've just now developed to create those different emotions. And then you just literally start to live this life. You start to practice the emotions of your dream life. And as you start to practice the emotions of your dream life, that dream life becomes more possible to attain because it becomes familiar. You already know what the emotions feel like. You know, I talk about if you go on vacation, what you're really paying for. I, I, keep, I keep moving because I need a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when we go on vacation, we think of ourselves lying on a beach or lying in a hot tub or whatever it is. But what we're really picturing is the emotion that we feel in those periods of time. Whereas some of us, like me included, when you're an anxious person, when you go on vacation, unless you've done something, well, there you are. You know, wherever you go, there you are. Now you're the anxious person in the hot tub. So what you're really trying to practice or get is the emotion that you envision. And so if you start practicing the emotion of being in the hot tub before you even go on the vacation, you don't need that vacation nearly as much because you've already started to practice that type of emotional response and you're renewing yourself on a daily basis. And yeah. so the idea is what on a daily basis, how much renews you and how much depletes you. People yeah. who fall into bed at the end of the day are exhausted because they've depleted themselves. There's other people that are inspired by the end of the day. So the idea is what do you need to do to fill your tank up every day? Yes. That is all fabulous and perfect, and I and I know it all. Um, let's see, I know the feeling. I'm going to PT for my back. Yep. Um, massage time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. I need They're all concerned about you. They, they want you to get yourself fixed up. Right. <laughs> I know. I love my people. Like that's we have we have good we have good we have great 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 people that watch them share the show they're not used to seeing us here on a monday so yeah i'm a chiropractor and you know most people think of chiropractors as um, back pain people but that uh chiropractic really had nothing to do with back pain it was about the way your nervous system functions and when it's malfunctioning the reason it's malfunctioning is due to some type of stressor could be physical chemical emotional electromagnetic and mm -hmm. so the idea is that what I'm really dealing with when people come in, they want me to get rid of their back pain. But what I'm talking to them about is how can we get your body more resilient, more adaptable to stress? But what they're mm -hmm. talking about sitting at their desk. Well, mm -hmm. picture the average person that sits at their desk all day. Remember a moment ago, I told you if, you're, if your arm is weak, 
uh, due to a negative thought. I'm using my arm as a lever, but I could use any muscle in my body. I could use, I could test my leg, my back, my arm. It doesn't matter. They're all going to go weak. So if you think of yourself, let's say you're sitting at your desk and gravity is, you know, pushing down on you all day and you're trying to oppose gravity and, and sit up. Well, if the thought process in your head is, man, I love this job. I love my life. This is, I'm doing amazing. I, I love life. Well, after four or five hours at your desk, you get up, you stretch a bit and you go, wow, that was a great day. But if you're at your desk and it's 9 a.m. and you're already going, oh God, I got to do the grocery, <laughs> going to divorce yep. me, and I'm going broke and all these negative, negative. Well, your arm goes weak, but so do your paraspinal muscles. So now gravity's pushing down on you. And instead of your muscles being able to support you, all the force goes into your spine. Now you start aggravating the joints of your neck and in your back. And now you're starting to get irritable bowel syndrome and neck pain and exhaustion and headaches and all of this physical symptoms that are caused because of the negative thoughts you had. Do you and know so how many people right now, sorry, Mark, the, in the chat room and those who are listening are going, wait a minute, that's me. What, that's yes. me. It's like, yes. oh my God, you're like flipping a switch for people who are living with it and not realizing that one thing leads to another. Well, our, thought, our thoughts directly are connected to the strength of our, what's called our motor nervous system. Mm -hmm. And if we have negative thoughts, our motor nervous system goes weak. And if that goes weak, our spine starts to get irritated. And if that starts to hap uh, happen, now you've got the back pain. Now you've got a lot of these other symptoms you're getting. So not that there's no room for chiropractic and physical therapies, but most people when they come in, they're not prepared. They want to come in and say, doc, these are my problems. Can you please just get rid of them? Yeah. And, you know, they're yeah. not even open. Yeah, my, my chiropractor, I do that to him. All, and I was like, Dr. Diana, so could you, I, ow, 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 yes. ow. <laughs> and then when I leave there, I'm just like, <sighs> Yes, but it, but the, the the best thing they could do for you is is give you tools such as heart math, things that help you self-regulate your emotional response because otherwise it's just temporary. And I would much rather someone get adjusted than go go take an aspirin, of course. But to to really allow the body to become more resilient, uh, which is really what chiropractic is about, allowing the spine to be more resilient. But what the coherence revolution is about is allowing your emotions to become more resilient. The idea is you want to be able to handle more. You don't want to go down every time something is stressful and triggering. Yeah. Debbie just had her knee surgery and doing well. Um, yeah. See, Carmen says she wants a long-term fix, you know, so. I well, long-term like fix is, is setting yourself up. Long-term fix means that you you have, you, work. you have to put in the work. And when you put in the work, and when I say work, it doesn't have to be hard work. It literally, like, I, I believe if you go through the coherence revolution, you're going to enjoy the process. But once you've done that, you will have a toolbox that you can use the rest of your life yeah. to essentially create long-term uh, patterns. Because if you're being honest with yourself, the patterns you have right now started 30, 40 years ago, depending upon your age. And to think that within a week or two of seeing a therapist or getting on medication or whatever it is, you're going to get rid of it all 
it's just not going to happen. These these patterns, you know, they're happening every day. They took a while to create, so it's going to take a while to to repair them. Right. But if you're conscious of it and you keep on yeah. top of it, you will create new patterns, new right. habits, and it, it will start happening. Right. Yeah. As Cameron says, I'm oh, well, I'm tired of this pinching, burning in my back. Well, that's that's like that is nerve like you pinch nerve or nerve damage when you get the burning, right? Like I got, I have to go to a neurologist about nerves going down my leg. I actually got shingles on my ankle. Oh, you know, so it, you know, cause there's like three sections where you could get shingles. You can get it in your head. You can get it in your torso. Or you can get it down your legs. I didn't know you could do that because it follows the nervous system, but apparently there's something that is so wrong with the nervous system on that side that it actually followed it all the way down and broke out my ankle, which I couldn't even walk. I mean, I've never felt anything so painful. You know, I, I, I talk about in the book, there's a, like a process of the, the process that I was just talking to you about, about the thoughts. And when you think these negative thoughts, what happens is your body gets weaker and it has to use more energy to accomplish the same tasks. And if your body has to use more energy to accomplish the same tasks for any long period of time, then you're in what would be called a state of dis-ease. In other words, you're not functioning well. And if you're in a state of dis-ease for long enough, the cells don't replicate or function as well. And eventually that state of dis-ease turns into a disease because your, your cells aren't replicating and functioning well enough. So for some people, it is shingles. For other people, it's, it's frequent ear infection. Other people, it's irritable bowel lactose intolerant. It I really just started the ZPAC today too for, for ears because I woke up this morning and every sound is amplified and everything. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, give me a ZPAC. <laughs> well, you know, and, and the fact is, is, is most people will give you a laundry list of all of their physical or emotional problems as if they're all different. You know, I've got this one going, I've, I get frequent colds and I've got irritable bowel and I'm exhausted and I get headaches. But they're all manifestations of your body not being adaptable enough, not resilient enough. Then something is going to occur. So the idea is to work from the core of it, which is get yourself more resilient to the world around you. Then all of these things will be dealt with as opposed to looking at them all as separate entities, which, you know, you might have to do some type of medical recourse for each of the individual things, but that's not going to get rid of the reason why all of these things are happening. That comes from your body not being resilient enough. And so I encourage people, no matter what you're doing, I don't want you to stop doing whatever medical intervention you're doing, but you want to add to it something to allow your body and brain to become more resilient. Because the more resilient you become, the more adaptable you are to the world around you. And those of us who are more adaptable live a much more inspired and happy life. Right, right. See, I feel bad for poor Sharon now. She she actually, they put a thing in her back with all these wires and everything else attached to it. And it worked for a while, but then it like became detached and stopped working. And then they had to take it out. And now she lost feeling in both of her legs. And now they're saying they can't pinpoint something. And it's like she's getting this runaround, you know. That is so hard. And in the meantime, yeah, she's suffering. Talk about anxiety provoking. But yeah. you see... Uh, if, if that's the case, and you know, I learned this from many of my teachers, but the fact is, is when that kind of thing happens, you want to create a visualization that feels real. So if I were in that situation and I couldn't feel my legs, 
I would be meditating every day where in that meditation, I'm getting it as vivid as I can, how well my legs work, how all the information from my brain is traveling down, even learn and look at the anatomy, look at an anatomy book so you can visualize it. And I would be visualizing all of the energy from my brain coming down, going to my legs, visualizing what it's going to be like to walk and how great it feels to walk. And the idea is that the body, the brain doesn't know what you're, what is real and what isn't real when you're, when you're visualizing it. Right. And it's why, you know, you can practice athletes will practice sometimes their routine in their brain, you know, over and over. Cause as they're practicing it, the brain is actually going through it. And so you want to make it as real as you can. There, there were studies of these people who created visualizations of cancer and they had this vivid, um, uh, 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 visualization setup where they pictured their T cells creating a war on all of the cancer cells and how the T cells would go in and essentially destroy all the cancer cells. And the more vivid the visualization, the better these people were at actually getting rid of their cancer. And um, there's story after story of people who get into this type of work. Um, the problem with it, you know, when you go and you see some of the Christian healers and they say, you know, you're healed and, you know, the, the you know, they get up and you, you hear people who are charlatans and what have you. The fact is, is my belief is if you are 100% certain that you will be healed, you You'll will be healed. healed. Yeah. But it can't be 98%. It can't be, I think I think it, or I'm positive, but you have to believe it. Because that is where the certainty comes in. And then your nervous system is going to do what it needs to do. I mean, I was sitting beside people at um, one of Dr. Joe's retreats, this woman that I sat with for three days, and she showed me her MRIs. She had before and after, this was her fifth Dr. Joe week or whatever. And she carried these MRIs with her because before her first Dr. Joe, she went in and uh, she had a, a stroke. She couldn't feel, you know, move her legs or anything. And then after it was either her first or second week-long meditation retreat, doing these guided meditations, coming up with these visualizations, they couldn't find any um, any evidence on the on the follow-up MRI that there ever was a stroke because it, it was healed. It was gone. There was just no evidence that it ever existed because she had 100% belief that it was gone. And guess what? It was gone. And so when people say, oh, yeah, well, that doesn't work for me – well, I get that because I've never healed myself just with my own mind because I know I've got a little bit of doubt. But yeah. the idea is that you want to work on the fact that if you can literally feel it and believe it to be true, those are the people that are told you're never walking again. And then eight weeks later, they walk out of the hospital. Yep. Because they had a belief that they could yeah. do it. This is, that's what all our shows lately have been about. Really. Yeah. Miraculous <laughs> healings. Yeah. And it's yes. like, uh, you know, uh, believing yourself, you know, like yes. trusting yourself. As a matter of fact, we have and it's like you said, it's not just trust is Thursday. Show. Right. It's not just a little bit of belief. You have to believe yes. it 100%. Live it, yes. breathe it, you know, walk it, talk it. It's got, you have to be there. Yes. And that's uh, for some people, that's not an easy thing to do because but, they've, yeah. they've danced with whatever their malady is. That's anxiety, right. Anxiety, cancer. Whatever. They've danced with that for so long that, that's all they hear from doctors and it's not easy but you know it, it's you're, something you're that needs to be right. worth it. yeah but but with with mark it's more like i mean he's been there done that you know yeah. I mean? he's done all these different things already like 
for us, right? He's outlined. They're, they're all outlined in He's here. He's been right? our guinea pig. <laughs> you, can, you can read it. Yeah, he was our guinea pig. He's done yeah. it, you know, and now he knows what works and he's had that crippling anxiety. And so this yeah. is more mm -hmm. like that. There are all these other things that we, you know, have on the show yeah. that, you know, they're, they're all great in their own right, you know. And this shows what works. He is, he is proof to those people who are like, yeah, you know what? Uh, he's done it. He's been there, done that. Yeah. So, like, yeah. if he can he's do not, it. I'm sorry, Mark, but if a man can do it, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's not a, yeah, he's not a mess. He's here. He's doing no. really well. <laughs> well, you know, it, the funny we've all we've all gotten over um, some type of anxiety in, in a yeah. moment without realizing it. You know, I, I use an example in the book. Um, let's say you're at home, you're having a panic attack. And you're you're crying or you're screaming or whatever it is that you do, and then your door your doorbell rang and it was you had to get the package. Generally yeah. speaking, you're not going to go and answer the door crying. What you do without even realizing it is you summon up enough energy yeah. to wipe the tears. You know, you straighten your shirt, whatever you got to do. You open the door and you're not crying. You're hi, how are you? Yeah, and in, that, and in that moment, you don't feel the anxiety. You actually feel no. good. And then you, I'm sure in part of your mind, you're like, oh, I got to get rid of this person because I'm in the middle of breaking down. I got to go back <laughs> and break down, you know. But the fact is, is in literally 30 seconds, you pulled yourself together, you got through the anxiety attack, and you opened your door. Yep. And it took an awful lot of effort, but you, you did it because in the moment, you didn't think about it. You just had to do it. Happened, That's yeah. sometimes what you have to do on a daily basis. And I have to do that sometimes with every patient I have. I might have 20 patients back to back where I'm just with them. I'm engaged. And as long as I'm engaged, I'm the most passionate, you know, doctor I can be. But if it's a bad day and I've got an hour between patients and I let my monkey brain go to whatever it goes yeah. to, all of a sudden anxiety can come, can rear its head. Yep. And the idea is that you have to know that it's lurking there, but that you can control that aspect of yourself by summoning up the energy and getting yourself into a different uh, physiological state. And so the idea, again, if I bring it back to the coherence revolution, is you want to have as big a toolbox as you can to change your physiological state. Because, you know, if you're like me, you always wanted to almost stay in the anxiety because there was a part of you that wanted to figure out whatever the danger was, figure out whatever the problem was, figure out whatever was causing this anxiety. But 99.999% of the time, you are not going to figure it out. There's nothing to figure out and you're not going to come to an answer. So the better thing to do is to change your physiological state because then when you look back at the problem, it's not nearly the same intensity as it was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, easily, boom, I go grab my guitar, I play something, change, instant, put on a song, instant, call someone that I can speak to, instant. These yeah, things. Your puppy. <laughs> I, I hug my dog all the time because she's pure love, right? Yeah. That, that's why, I mean, dogs, until I got a dog about three years ago, I didn't realize exactly how true that was. But <laughs> yeah. They are pure love. Um, yes. We have we have a uh, a three year old uh, double doodle, and she is just, she's sixty pounds. We were told she was going to be thirty five, and <laughs> she just kept growing, and now she's just part of the family, you know, and yeah. uh, just just the greatest. But they really are they they share love. 
Um, yeah. And so the idea is that I know with my toolbox, I've got a dozen things just on the tip of my tongue I can do right now to change my physiological state. So that's what I want for you. That's what I want for your listeners is to be able to have this toolbox created that you can have so that you know anxiety attack, okay, I, I, I can get out of it. I know I can do these things and I can move on with my day. Yeah. Yes. So that is, but that is, that is it. It's like, that is that feeling like, you know, that, that hug my dog feeling that that's, that's the end game. That's the goal. That's how you want to be. Right? That, is, that is a coherent feeling. And, and in fact, uh, in, in my, um, uh, in the course, I have a slide. They did tests with dogs. They actually put the heart monitor on the dog and on the human. And when, on, when the human <laughs> walked in the room, the dog and the human's heart rhythm synced up and yeah. then when they, and they became this sine wave together. And then when the human left the room, they, the hearts became unsynced again. So when you think you're feeling love with your dog, you are, I mean, you're yeah. literally syncing up your heart, um, which is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just rescued this little dog biscuit, you know, a little chihuahua. He, he is absolutely the love of my life. I, I, I have this ring. This is in honor of my Lacey that I lost. And she was the love of my life, you know? Um, I mean, she meant the world to me because she was there when I lost my lab, who was, again, the love of my life, my lab, right? And <coughs> my husband, and all I had was Lacey, and now I lost Lacey. And it was like, that was my last connection to the two of them, you know? And then I was like, I'm not getting another dog. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, this dog looks like a little fox. He does. He looks like a little fox. And my neighbor was watching him and said, he's in need of rescue. You know, he's older. He's 14. And I said, oh, I can't do it. And then I'd see him and I'd be like, well, just just bring him over for a visit. <laughs> and that was, and that was it. It was, it was just this instant fun. I cannot. I cannot, I cannot even go into the bathroom without this dog being, he's right here. Oh. I can't, I can't go anywhere without him right by my side. And, you know, I mean, that's how I wake up in the morning. That's my happy place, right? But I get kisses from the puppy and I look over and Bob, my love of my other love of my life, Bob, he brings no, me coffee. Right. So I have coffee there. <laughs> I have coffee. I have puppy. Happy. That's so nice. <laughs> Happy Gina. <laughs> when there's no copy, no Gina, One Gina angry. <laughs> yeah, we have a question to Carmen in, in the chat room. Um, she says she has no more fur babies and she misses them. And she's hoping that, you know, on a second comment, she's hoping that no more Xanax for the anxiety. Why don't you look into getting a fur baby that is your uh, therapy dog or therapy cat or therapy? They got therapy horses, they got therapy, everything. So look into doing that. That may help remove the Xanax, but still do the work, find out where this the, the, the anxiety comes in, get Mark's book, see what it, every book, even if it's just a smidgen of help, there's always help, but mm. maybe look into getting a pet, uh, you know, a pet, a, a therapy, something. And, and a lot of therapy animals are allowed on planes. So even if it's you sitting there, I mean, I have I have a Shih Tzu. <laughs> Looks like there's a dead dog right there. But um, when I used to go to work, he would lay on my desk because he knows how I get sometimes get stressed. So that he's not he's not a registered therapy dog, but I know with him laying on the desk, laying wherever, I'm good. So maybe that's something. 
That's a that's a good idea. I thought of the same thing when she great minds think alike. You know, mm -hmm. and she pulls something different. You know, maybe you should. But um, but she's got that you know the fear of the the travel and stuff. Now I know people that have had fear of travel, and it's like, and they go on a vacation like every year, maybe even more than one. You mm -hmm. know. And the, because they have to, you know, I'm like, why do you have to? If you, if you work yourself up to this like crazed, insane person, you know, packing, flying, getting their itinerary, this, that, and you obsess so much, you know, and you just like this the whole time. What is the point? Those are the people that when they come home, they need to have a vacation from their vacation. From vacation, right. I'm like, well, I, I see a lot of I see a lot of um, almost the opposite of that where I have people that are coming into me feeling immense amounts of pain, back pain, headaches, this, that, and the other. And they'll say to me, I'm so afraid to go on vacation without you. You're not going to be there. I can't have care. What do I do when I'm away? And then they go away and they come back and I see them, you know, day after they come back or a couple days later and they come in. I say, so how was it? And they go, you know, I was fine while I was away, but I must have carried my bag wrong from the airport. Because, <laughs> yeah, when I got home, my back was killing me. And I'm like, yeah, but when you were there, weren't you sleeping on different beds, on different chairs? You were walking in the sand on uneven, you know, you, you were doing all these things that could aggravate your condition. But when you were away, you weren't part of your day-to-day -day stressors in Toronto, you were somewhere else. You were a different person, literally. And you didn't have those stressors when you were there. And guess what? You didn't have your back pain. But as soon as you came back to everything that you lived with, it all came back. It wasn't because you carried your bag wrong from the airport. It's because, it's because, <laughs> because all that extra baggage in your pattern. Right, yeah. exactly. All that extra baggage was waiting for you. When it you was all waiting for you right, right here. So, you know... Uh, it, it depends, but you're right. If you're, if, if going away is creating that, then I would have a staycation that you just inspire yourself exactly. and, and love yourself as much as you can in, in, in your city and do or wherever. A program or do or yeah. something, something like that. Yes. You know, learn how to meditate if you don't know how, but, uh, but Athena is here. So I'm going to have to, you know, we're going to take a little teeny, teeny Sounds little great. break with her. Um, and she'll, She'll be with us right after this little video telling what the crystal of the week will be. Thank you for that beautiful intro. I am Athena Barry, Reiki master and author of award-winning book, Raise Your Vibes. And of course, my new Oracle deck, Raise Your Vibes Crystal Cards, which I'm so excited. And I'll show you a card in a moment. Um, and creator, of course, of Crystal Reiki Healer. 
So I am so grateful, as always, to be back joining you for another um, Crystal of the Week segment. And this week we get to have two, which is so much fun and so appropriate. So um, here we are in the Fox Den and let's dive in. So for this week's show, and it is coming up our last full moon of 2022. It's happening this Thursday and Wednesday, Thursday, depending where you are. And so I really felt called to the energy of Lepidolite. I'll show you these beauties. I have a couple color variations here for you. So this, this crystal and why it's so important for this week and I thought for this show is this crystal is all about soothing anxiety, balancing strong emotions, um, and is a major stress reliever. It's like the stone of serenity. So I use this crystal a lot actually for my clients in their crystal grids during distance Reiki to help restore their inner peace and their peace of mind, especially helpful for those that deal with anxiety. On a physical level, this crystal is wonderful for soothing insomnia, especially caused by an overactive mind, worry, stress, nightmares. New moms will know a lot about this as well. Um, this calming crystal can really soothe and support um, any hyperactivity as well, especially symptoms of like ADHD um, or those struggling with an overactive mind, people with too much weighing on them, too many burdens. This one just really helps bring in that sense of calm so you can focus on the now and not what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Because none of that matters. All that matters is right now. On an emotional level, Lepidolite helps us to balance our emotions, our emotions, especially those stronger ones that tend to kind of take over our mind's thoughts and interfere with our relationships, whether it's with our children, our spouses, or friend, you know, our friends. Um, these can really be affected when our mood is you know, disrupted, right? And we have the full moon. So um, for, for many of us, especially this week, women, you know, it can throw off our cycles. So this Lepidolite crystal really, ooh, almost dropped it, really helps us to deal with those emotional and hormonal highs and lows. Um, and because of our full moon this week, um, a lot of people complain about how, oh, it must be the moon. It's making me crazy or, oh, my cycle just started. It's because of the full moon. So grab your piece of uh, lepidolite, keep it close. And this will be an excellent choice to help you just to stay nice and centered and feeling balanced. Um, spiritually, this crystal, it actually supports all of our chakras, but it is especially helpful for our third eye and our heart chakras. For the heart chakra, it helps us to feel like, kind of like we're stopping to smell the roses, right? With that loving energy. It's fantastic for um, people who suffer with, you know, a lot of um, insecurities as well, whether it's, you know, about your body, how you're performing at work, how you're performing, um, you know, at the gym or whatever, whatever you are, um, you know, experiencing insecurity wise um, partnerships, this is a really good one to, you know, boost up that uh, confidence and bring again that emotional balance. 
And likewise, it helps us to let go of, you know, depression, emotional attachments that we might have to, you know, past traumas so that these are not controlling our lives and continuing to come up in new cycles or new relationships, new experiences in our lives, kind of helping us to let go of those does not have to be part of our identity. And Love of Delight really helps us to, to let go of that, to bring it to the surface, help it release. And then we can move on with our best step, you know, our best foot forward and feeling emotionally stable and balanced. Um, for our third eye chakra, it can really help to enhance intuitive gifts because we're coming from, you know, this state of just calm, right? Where you can see clearly, where you can hear clearly, where you don't have all this, you know, kind of mind chatter or heartache that's popping in. You're able to just kind of stay positive and see clearly in the here, in the now, and have that positive sense of consciousness and that viewpoint. Um, and as well as, you know, it activates um, our connection to the divine, right? Or to the divine being and helps us to also recognize that we too are divine beings and deserving of love as well. You'll find Lepidoli in many colors, ranging from the more common, which is like a darker purple, um, to a lighter pink, even a lilac, which is very common now coming from Africa. Um, but you'll also see them in kind of a grayish color. Sometimes like this could be like a darker gray and sometimes even like in a whiter color. Um, the most common or the most high quality, I should say, deposits of Lepidolite you'll find in Africa, in Brazil, in Greenland, and right here in the U.S. And in the U.S., I was excited to learn, um, the best spots are in Maine, as well as not too far from me here in Southern California, just down a little bit in San Diego, which kind of made me feel like that's fun. I'm ready to go for a hike and go explore. So if anybody's in the San Diego area, maybe you'll want to take a hike with me. That would be so much fun. Um, ways that you can work with this crystal. It is an excellent, excellent choice for your spiritual baths. So um, this has a, it has a level of um, lithium in there, right? So this is very calming and it's obviously not enough to be prescription strength, but that calming energy is really wonderful in your bathtub. It's kind of like being immersed in this warm, like loving embrace, kind of womb-like even. Um, and it has that beautiful, soft energy that just kind of washes over your mind, body, and spirit. And as I said, I love to use them in crystal grids, both for myself as well as for others. You'll find it used in jewelry. Um, it's great, of course, keep it in your bra, tucked, in, tucked into your bra or in your pocket, under your pillow, as well, of course, as holding it between your hands or next to you while you meditate. Just bringing in, especially for those that struggle to meditate because your mind keeps going. So Lepidolite just kind of brings it all down, gives you that peaceful, calming energy. And that also helps you to clear your mind so you're able to continue with your meditation. So it's a great tool for those that struggle with meditation. And of course, I promise I will, I will have an ASMR crystal Reiki healing session up for you soon on my own channel. This one kind of came up sooner than uh, I, I was able to put one together for you, but I promise to have one up there very soon. Maybe not tonight, but by tomorrow, I should have it up and running for you.
Um, and just so you can help connect to that energy if you don't have a piece of your own. Um, and of course, I have Love Delight uh, in my new crystal oracle deck. I have it up there on the shelf. Um, and so, you know, I, I was kind of not not surprised, but in a wonderful way. I was looking through and was like, oh, my goodness, that's one of the first ones I worked on. And it was because it is the first crystal card in my new deck. Um, and it is for the Reiki Precept Crystal. Just for today, I will not worry, which I just, I just love that because it's so appropriate. And the whole deck is, has that beautiful calming energy as well. And so of course it starts out with love and delight. Just for today, I will not worry. And of course, I'd love to leave you with a wonderful affirmation to help you connect with your crystal's energy or later if you have the Oracle deck in hand. Um, and for Lepidolite, it is, I am at peace knowing my mental, physical, and spiritual bodies are balanced. Thank you, love, so much for having me back here on the Fox Den. I hope that this has brought value to your show today. Thank you so much, love. I love you. Thank you. You're most welcome. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Mark, Athena, Athena, Mark. Hi, Hello. Hello. Hello, Hello Dr. Mark. Um, Halpern, right? Yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah. wonderful to see you. I hope that added some value to your show. I think... The timing was good. We were talking about anxiety. <laughs> it was fabulous timing. It worked perfect. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful. I have, awesome. I have my, I have my uh, three stones out here. <laughs> um, three of them. I love it. Yes. Yes. We deal with a lot of stress here. <laughs> I have no idea why. I have no idea why. I don't know what she's talking about. No, no stress. No stress. <laughs> it has something to no, do with no, no, no stress because I have these. Yeah. In my, well, my little pile of rocks. You know, there but you um, Mark, you know, her husband is, an, is a chiropractor. Oh, really? Yes, yes. I happen to be married to the best chiropractor in Southern California. Wow. <laughs> love that. I mean, you know, I have, I have to say that one, don't yes, you? Yes, love that. I mean, we're, really, we're, we're in Southern California. Um, he's in Westwood, in West Los Angeles, kind of okay. near like Santa Monica area. Yeah. And um, the poor guy had to work on me for 16 years <laughs> wow. until I finally took my power back and, you know, helped to heal myself. But he was a huge support um, while nice. I was dealing with my own back struggles. So yeah, beautiful. I, I feel for you guys, you know, yeah. it's hard to be married to somebody in pain all the time. <laughs> Yeah, well, yes, I, I I get that a lot. People who are in their chronic pain patterns, but uh, as you know, there's much more to it than just the back pain. So, um, lots of different answers. Yes, there is. Yes. There is. Yes, I mean, her. You know, it's not. It's not just that she had just had pain. She was in a really bad car crash. You know, so there oh, was wow. a lot of damage. You know, and there was a lot like, of recovery and whatnot. Rolled over four times on the freeway. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I was in a hit and run accident. Yeah. Just a little accident. Just you know, sounds like more than a little, but yes. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. I mean, it, it changed the course of my life. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, but it was really through energy healing and, you know, from what I've seen of York, it's a lot of working on 
other levels of your body, you know, your spiritual body, your emotional body, because all of this manifests physically, right? Yes. So, yep. you know, when we take care of those parts, yep. you know, you see, you know, when you have a really strong spiritual or emotional body, that also manifests into your physical form. And that, right. I mean, that and was in the end. Ultimately, that is the goal he's trying to come to is what you went through. Yes. Get to that state. Yeah. It's finding out how to, how to get your body into a healing rhythm. That's right. Yes, I love and that. He was a Reiki master and she had to be reminded of the fact you are a Reiki master. Okay. You do this work, heal yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took my husband yelling at me over the operating table <laughs> or the recovery table. You're a Ricky. Ma oh yeah. I you know, and, yeah. Oh, oh, can I do that? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's different. You know, when you, when you're doing Reiki, you're doing working with spiritual tools. A lot of the time you're in this beautiful, calm, serene setting, right? Yeah. You're not in a trauma situation. And when you're in that trauma situation, it's really hard to, kind of pull yourself out of that, you know, like you're saying, like that chronic pain, like cycle, it's hard to get yourself out. So I had a, a great coach <laughs> that, you know, stood over me and gave me that beautiful reminder. And that really was like, kind of the beginning of the end of that part of my healing journey. If that, if that yes. makes sense. Yes, makes sense. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you stopped with the all the medications and all the Western medicine stuff, you know, and everything. Like, I am going to go the holistic route. I am going to go this, this, you know, I'm going to use my crystals. I'm going to use my Reiki. I'm going to, you know, spiritually, my chakra, spiritually balance. It was just, you have to take your power back. And that's part of it is you become so dependent on others to fix you. You know, it's like, honey, my back hurts, fix it. And how many times says poor guy, did I tell him this? Like, come on, come fix me, come work on me. And, you know, it was, that was a struggle for us too, of course, because the right. poor guy has, you know. I know, he works on people all day and he comes home and he's got to, you know. And he's got to deal with me. I mean, it was just not fun. Yeah. <laughs> so now he's like, yes, I will buy you whatever crystals you want. Yeah. As long as you're, I mean, look. You know, so now he comes home with things like this. Yeah, I mean, not often, but like. I love those butterfly is. crystal behind you. The Thank animals. you. Thank you. Oh. Those are mine, by the way. It is. It is so fantastic. I love those am the amethysts like that. That's gorgeous. Thank you. Yes, yes. My my amethyst wings. My my amethyst heart. Um, you know, these were these were gifts from him. Um, the heart he actually gave me. I was. It was the Christmas, so coming up on, my gosh, are we at five or six years anniversary? I'm not sure now that I was healing from the surgery, and I couldn't even lift it because, you know, after the surgery, I was, you can't lift more than, I don't know, it was like five pounds or something, and this thing is a beast. It's like, it's small. It, it looks small. It's it not. Small. It's like, um, well, in the, maybe in that picture, you can kind of see it's like bigger than my, my head, actually, like in person. Yeah. So yeah. I would get up, but that yeah. might be weird. And I love the foxes. She added the fox. Yeah, I added foxes to the fox then. <laughs> hey, yeah, the excuse me, right but as Mark cars. pointed out, the butterfly wings are there. And they were beautiful. The <laughs> All I have is my meditating frog. Oh, oh, yes, oh yeah, that's well, that's I've been cool. looking at him going, frog. Oh, I have one of those Zen, I have a Zen bunny like that. He's he's a little bit bigger, but yeah, I have the Zen bunny. <laughs> I love it. So is the frog, do you have a certain um, 
connection there or not really other than I love, I love the meditating frog and it made me <laughs> laugh. And um, I think Wish you have to surround that. yourself with things that just make you smile. Yep. Give and you so, joy. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> it makes me laugh. Yeah, you can always look up frog as a spirit guide, which is very powerful, oh, actually. And, um, <laughs> and that means it's the truth. Yeah. In, yes. in Russian yeah. Russian culture, they say when you sneeze after saying something, it means it's the truth. Sneeze on the is, truth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, so it's spirit, animal spirits, um, all that kind of stuff. Like I could look up. Good night, Carmen. What they are. Um, I, I had a new deck. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, but there's one, there's one in here somewhere. Oh, here it is. I don't know these. This one here has a good one about the frog. So while you guys talk amongst yourself, I'm going to see if I can't find the frog. Oh, so nice. So what happens when you come join us, Mark? Yes, everybody does their own thing. You never yeah. know. You never know what's we all do our own thing. Careful, they might keep you here next. You know, <laughs> because I came on. I came on as as Gina used to be on. Came on my show a couple of times, and we sort of back and forth. And then she she had uh, her co-host had gone on to bigger and better things. I think Gina drove her nuts. Um, <laughs> and it's just you Mama know, D, I'm you're gonna be in trouble. I'm far enough away. I'm good. I'm up in Quebec. She's down near Philly. I'm good. Jeez, you know, like I had to go through the whole deck to get this many cards left to find the frog. Find the frog. <laughs> we, we had to. We had to listen to her story. Yeah. But um, so, I mean, you're, you're in California, Quebec. Darlene. You're in Connecticut, and Gina, you're in Philadelphia. Well, Darlene's in Quebec. I'm in. I'm in. Um, well, I'm oh. in Northern PA. And where are you, Dr. Mark or Dr. I'm in Toronto. Oh, you're in Toronto. He's oh, in okay. I, can go. I got people in Ontario. My son's yeah. in, my youngest son is in, uh, in uh, London. Oh, wow. We just, we just drove down to uh, Reading or Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, for the first time since before the pandemic went into the state. We actually saw, um, I don't know, know, if, if you've read my book, you know that I used to tour around as a deadhead in the 80s. With a, yes. uh, with the band, the Great oh, I wanted to bring this up. I so I, I was a I was a big deadhead in the eighties, and so I love it. This this uh, this band, which is young kids, well, in their late twenties, early thirties, um, they're called Goose. And a friend of mine turned me on to a band called Goose. I really hadn't gotten into a band in thirty years, and um, I really loved Goose. And so they were playing in Syracuse, New York, and then Reading, Pennsylvania. And so me and my wife and another couple, we said, let's, let's go. And so we, we drove down and we saw a couple of concerts and it was like, wow, it's like being back on tour in the, in the eighties. It was, it was wonderful. Right? Now Reading is not that my house. It's like 40 minutes. We go, we do oh, paranormal wow. stuff and we do actually an event that we hold at the Pagoda in Reading. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. It's yeah, we actually at Santander uh, Arena. We were, we went to. Oh, very nice. Very oh. nice. Yeah, not far at all. But but get wait do you listen to this about this frog. All right. So the symbolism is a feminine energy energy, creation, um, you know, that type of thing. But it says the frog is a creature of the water and has been associated with a new life. Okay. Egypt frogs were placed on mummies to facilitate rebirth. The abundance of frogs at the time around the Nile flood also associated them with um, I don't even want to know what that word is. Fecundity. 
fecundity. I don't know what that is. South America, the um, the people there considered the frog to be the lord over the water, a feminine symbol, and did not kill them. American Native Indians uh, placed um, they placed the frog, and what the heck? The peoples of the frog has been oh, it's been associated with the moon, and also has been a feminine symbol. And the story tells of the frog jumping into the moon, where it rules for eternity. But this one, actually, this isn't the one that I was thinking, but that's the picture of it, and it looks like it looks like. It's well, I like the frog jumping into the moon. We have the full moon this week, yeah. so that's kind it's, of it's, good. yeah. It's the it's got to be the other one with the frog that has the better. Um, Dr. Mark's going to be there with his happy frog. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be trying to jump into the moon. <laughs> there is the song. You know. Holding on to my love of light. Please stay yep. calm. Please stay calm. <laughs> <laughs> that happy frog song. What is it? Um, oh, my God. We used to listen to that all the time. Bing, 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 bing. It's not one of those weird songs. But it's funny. Anyway, all right, let's reel ourselves back in. But you know, it could it could be something though to do with the frog, and you know, it's it's a rebirth, which is a you know, you're offering people new lives, you know, really. So I think it's a good symbol. Yeah, it's it's also very. It's usually frogs usually look happy and friendly. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which you are, so yeah. maybe that's like yep. your spirit. That's animal. that's as simple as it can that's be. Right. That's right. That's right. So because I'm like the fox, she's a butterfly and she's an owl. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you know, we're rounding up the, the forest over here. Well, my, my wife, Aviva's thing is definitely the butterfly about rebirth mm -hmm. and kind of transformation. And when we've done a lot of the Dr. Joe uh, uh, workshops, there's a lot of butterflies there. And it was actually really, really interesting. The one He always has a theme to his events. So we went to one and butterflies was the event and we were in a we were in a um a conference room on an all-inclusive resort in mexico that was sealed off in the middle of like we were in a room that was not outdoors and it was kind of in this sealed off room and then right near the very end when he was kind of saying goodbye all of a sudden these two butterflies just f flew across mm -hmm. the stage and it was almost Almost like he planted them there, but he swears that he didn't. But oh, it was like, where did these butterflies come from? And uh, but yeah, very very. I love that synchronicity. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and very symbolic of your own change and transformation mm -hmm. from exactly. You know the workshop. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Love yeah. that. Wait, and this was down in Mexico. Can I ask? Was it below like? Puerto Vallarta kind of area, like we were in. It was just in the middle of, of nowhere, just south of Cancun. Oh, okay, on the other um, side. Okay. He, what you know, was he always? Um, whenever he does his week long events, I almost want to go to the to the like most simple place because, like, we were in Mexico at a five diamond resort where I, you know, I don't usually stay at five diamond resorts, but this was like the the best of the best. But you're in meditation most of the day right. so it, it, it gives you a half hour for an hour for lunch you're like okay i'm on a gorgeous resort in the in the middle of mexico but where, what am i i can't do anything there's no i couldn't go to the beach you, you can't use the pool you, you know so it was like geez i i didn't i didn't really get to uh, enjoy the resort but you're so enveloped in in the whole week-long event that by the end of it you've gone through this massive transformation that's what counts yeah 
accounts. You can go see those, you know, Mexican dragons anytime. That's what they, yes. <laughs> dragons run. I mean, it's still around. not bad being in a beautiful location, right? Oh, I mean, it's it still... was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get some nice pictures at least, right? In between. Some go gorgeous pictures and we'll go back. Yeah. Right. And then you can go back for a vacation and enjoy yes. the place and do all yes. the touristy things. And yes, I loved riding the, the horses on the shores there. Yeah. Go tour all the, um, the Mayan. My mine ruins and everything. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. 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 You know, it's like maybe, you know, a lot of people can't do those things, but if you can, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing to do for yourself. You know, if you're going to take yes vacation if you have this anxiety this is kind of like the point i was kind of building up to before it's like you have all this anxiety about going on a trip and you seriously have to like you have it in your head that you gotta go you know go to a place like that do something yeah. like that you know um go and be a and i find too and i and i just to interject i think why lepidolite helps so much or can help so much is people that are struggling from my experience, are struggling with anxiety like this. They have all this fear of what's coming, right? But then the problem is they get there and they're in this beautiful place and they still are worried. They can't, they can't turn it off. And it's, it's not like once you reach the destination, everything's fine. It doesn't really like work like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm in the destination and now they can't stop spending over, oh, but then when I leave, I have to do this. Or, oh, when that happened, that, you know, and it's just this constant, you know, yeah. battle within, yeah. you know, within their own minds, really. I mean, it's almost like they're their own worst enemy. So it's, I really, really feel for them when they're, that's why it's so important to try to, you know, do things that kind of keep you in the moment. Because right. and that is exactly that matters how anyway. started this show. Yes, Aww. I'm gonna be happy when I get there. I'm gonna because be happy. in the mo in the moment there is no There's stress. No really. peace. The, the fact okay. is, depression is usually about thinking about what's happened in the past. Anxiety right. is generally what you're worrying about in the future. The only place that there really none of that is really right here in the present moment. And the most when I am not anxious is when I am right here in the present moment. Whenever I let myself go to you know, let my brain go to what may or may not be or what may or may not have happened. That's when you get into trouble. So anything that you can do to be in the moment, um, you know, that's why, you know, I talk about in the book, I used to do, I still do some, I'm just older now, but uh, a lot of, a lot of really um, um, high energy or dangerous things, but it wasn't because it was dangerous. You know, when I jumped from a plane or when I was skiing, you know, going heli skiing or scuba diving or whatever it was, it wasn't for the danger aspect. It was because it forced you to be in the moment. And, right. you know, if you're, if you're skiing down a, a powder bowl or you're scuba diving with sharks, you can't be thinking about what went wrong yesterday at work or what you might do tomorrow. You've got to be right there and in the moment. And so, yeah. you know, where other people are like terrified, I'm, I'm almost at peace because I can be right here and right, you know, right in the moment. So the idea is you obviously don't want to have to swim with sharks just to be in your peaceful place, uh, but to create that on your every day, um, no matter what you're doing to be in the moment, don't give yourself that, um, you know, luxury of being able to think about everything that goes wrong in your life or may go wrong in your life or has gone wrong in your life. Um, you really do have to stay engaged in whatever you're whatever you're doing so if you're cooking you're there cooking and if you're you know you're watching a movie you're watching the movie 
the, the, the trick is to be able to be able to do that. But hopefully you will learn your lesson if you do those crazy things and find out, you know, like you get hurt, like my one and only time skiing. <laughs> I had the agony of defeat, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> dragged off the mountain on a stretcher. Oh, um, no, really? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was my first time skiing. I went with boots stuck into, you know, skis. <laughs> they didn't even come out. The bindings were broken. It doesn't work, you know. So I went, you know, head over because I hit the models and stuff. You know, I was like, I was crazy. I didn't care. I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. I mean, all my friends, they're all, they took lessons their whole lives. I never did. I never put a pair of skis on. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> let's go. You know, and, and I there did. you went. It's a great attitude. All, all night. And then they said, let's go one more time. Yep. And that was it. That never, was never do one more time. <laughs> That's the thing. Just one more. How many times does that get you in trouble? Just exactly. one more. It's oh. terrible. We, we, I, I usually say like, let's do a couple more, even though I know that it's my last run. Right. I, I don't ever want to say it's my last run. No, I know. Right. But I wanted to ask you when you were talking about the Grateful Dead, did you go, because we could have been at the same concert at the same time. Yes. It was the very last general admission concert that they ever had at Cape Cod Coliseum had to be no. late 70s. That would have been fabulous, but no, I didn't start going until 1988. Oh, um, you guys but, just missed each other then, huh? Yeah, that, like, <laughs> yes, that well, that means that you went to a dead show in Cape Cod. Good for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was my whole life when I was, you know, teenager, early 20s. Was, yeah. You know, Concerts and everything, but yeah, Dead, The Who. Um, I went to go see the Rolling Stones, but it wasn't the Rolling Stones. It was Keith Richards and the Barbarians in oh. New York, you know. But yeah, many, 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 all many fun, all fun stuff. The, the fact is, is it was, uh, it really was freedom, uh, and that's what we oh, loved yeah. about it. We we drove across the country uh, in my parents' minivan to California. We did it several times, but you know, it was about the band, but it was also about seeing. The country we saw everything it was like it was like jack kerouac's on the road you know you're you're basically just going to see all all aspects of the country and and, and uh seeing so many different things having the experiences sleeping in the car sleeping in you know wherever yeah. um that'll never happen again I really can't kind of you kind of can't do these things anymore it's like if, the end if of my kids asked me to take my vehicle and drive across the country and maybe, <laughs> maybe call me every few days or so no nope. the answer would be no <laughs> i mean it's just not happening <laughs> but if no gps there no, there's no and there is no i know we didn't have phones we didn't have any we had, we had, we had a map we, it was we so free that was it yeah yeah it, it, was. it was it was a different time though i, I always ask my parents time. what were you thinking i was 17 <laughs> 18 years old and you're letting me take your car and go across that what were you thinking and they were just like well you're a good kid so you know yeah, like, <laughs> my mom had this huge impala. I used to take that thing and we'd go. We used to party out in the woods, and I take that thing out there. I'm like spinning it out in the fields and stuff. I come home, there's grass hanging out. Of it. <laughs> That's so funny though. Uh, oh, you know, I love those that. Were, those are the days. That, you know, it was. It was fun. It was free. And now we just we don't have that luxury. The kids don't have that luxury. It's no. too many, like there's, there's perils out there, you know, and you have to be painfully aware of the things that can happen, you know, in the, and maybe and part of it is we're so constantly connected. 
you yeah. see it all the time what's happening yeah. this state that state this city this app that app it tells you back then like you didn't know what was going on so i was like yeah sure go ahead kids yeah go out into the wild west no problem but now it's like oh, but there are dangers out there that we didn't know about back then that are here now and i don't think that they weren't necessarily there before i mean there's always been you know well, and, biggest thing we had like the stranglers we had, we had like serial killers running around there it was there was always that stuff we're just more aware of it yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting because we, we used to be, you would think that there was a lot more freedom back then and there was all this sort of, um, there was a lot less um, parents being on top of you. But on the same on the same note, we're having conversations with our parents now that or with our kids that we never had then. Both of my kids are very much emotionally aware. They're aware Good. of, they're aware of their friends' feelings and how what they said affects their friends. And, you know, yeah. I remember my son, it was two years ago already. I think he was 12 years old. And a friend of his was, I think he was like six foot at that point, but he was also a big, he was fairly big, a big boy. And he ate a lot. And I think he, he had like, um, when he came over to our place, he brought like four bags of chips just for himself. And, you know, and, and my, my son said to him at some point, uh. something to the effect of like, you know, why do you eat so much? He's like, well, I get embarrassed sometimes and I'm a big boy and, you know, I don't want to say anything. And he was just talking about his insecurities. And th my son at 12 was, he said, this is what he said to the kid. He's, he's like, well, I'm your friend and you don't have to worry about things like that with me and you can just be yourself. Mm. And I thought, wow, no one ever really spoke like that. You know, he just emotionally aware as 12, 13 yeah. year old, 14 year old kids. That's, so, that's, that's awesome. And that's amazing. And that's, Completely and totally doing you, I think. Yep. You know. Um, well, per perhaps. Uh, you know, uh, my daughter too, who always leads with her heart. But the fact is, is, is kids now are have to talk about many issues that we never thought about, whether it's gender identity or um, racism or, or whatever it is. The conversations that are happening now uh, are far ahead of where we were when we were Way younger. Advanced, yeah. Right. We're we just trying to had, keep up now. And, you know, head, we wouldn't even have something like that. You know, and right. now that's like so right. minute in the you know main scheme. And in some ways it's good and in some ways it's very confusing, which is where parents still have to come in because now we do have to be more aware of where their emotions are at. Uh, I mean HeartMath actually has a book for kids which I've read with both of my kids simply because learning how to breathe and learning how to self-regulate from a young age uh, before you, you know, maybe develop an anxiety disorder, but all of these things are starting from when you're a child. So if you can yeah. start, start to learn how to self-regulate at a young age, um, you know, neither of my kids are going to be, it's not going to be out of left field for them to start doing some of this work when they're in their late teens and twenties, because they've been exposed to it a little bit. And, you know, not that they're diving in so excited about it. They're still teens. They're not like, yeah, let's go practice, but they're at least <laughs> open, open to the ideas. Right. So, uh, you know, kids now it's good. They're ahead of schedule, but at the same time, they're still kids and you've got to be able to guide them and, and, and help them understand what all, what it all means. Right. And so many of us parents are still trying to figure it out ourselves, right? I mean, there's no manual. Right. Like we're we're on the same journey. And that's maybe like for me personally, one of the harder things about being a parent is like, look, I'm human too. You know, like we're trying to figure it out together. And okay, I got a few years ahead of you, but you know, maybe a few more experiences. But like you said, the world they're growing up in is very different. And 
you know, I feel like some of the times we're just trying to catch up. That's right. And then when it comes to like anxiety, it was, you know, so it was interesting. You were talking about skydiving and being crazy and doing all these like super dangerous swimming with sharks, whatever. If you Google things to do to help with anxiety, like the first 20 of those things are high action, dangerous, high adrenaline activities. To get and I was looking at, yeah, to, to help them like step out of their anxiety. And yeah. I'm like, I remember looking at yeah. this list, like this list is giving it. me anxiety yeah. <laughs> and I don't have anxiety. Like, yeah. Whoa. So I think it would be, I would love to see actually, you know, a list that doesn't involve, right? Like let's put that at the top of Google. <laughs> yeah. Like let's put that at the top of Google where you have some ideas that aren't, you know, can it possibly endanger your, you know, your life or end with like broken bones, right? Right. Well, and, and I think, you know, to bring it sort of full circle, um, what I do in the book is I go through each aspect of your life from your career to your friends, and it gives you an opportunity to, to dive into each one to find out really what you want and what will help in each case so that by the end of it, you can look at what you can do in so many different scenarios in your life to bring you back to the present moment, because that's really what it's all about. What can you do to snap yourself up? I call it a neurological interrupt. You know, sometimes just doing that is a neurological interrupt. It, you know, it shakes you and you're like, oh, something's different. Some people wear an elastic band and they snap it on their wrist. Again, just neurological interrupts snap you out of whatever the physiological state you're in. But it can be done in so many different ways. Um, you know, the pictures on your desk might be different than the pictures on your, in your bathroom, different uh, in your car. Uh, you know, do you have a different smell in your car? Do you have different music playing in your car than at home? The idea is to get very conscious about this so that you can make a plan for yourself so that every day in every scenario you're prepared and you know yourself and you know that, that you might need something to help get you back into the present moment, but you've got that toolbox. And so, um, you know, it's not a cookie cutter fits all, but it is yeah. a process that everybody should go through. Uh, right. You might just get something different out of the process. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a great bottom line, you know, um, it, it may have a, its own little heartbeats. It might have its own little hiccups, but you learn that once you get the basics down and then you know what your own triggers are and what your own things are. And that's what the point is, is to yes. find out what your things are. Yes. Right? And, and then you can go from there. So it, it's, it's really, you've done all the work, you know. Um, right. We just need to put it at the top of Google so everybody yes. else sees it too. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let's get it up there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, that's when, like, when me and Mama D, you know, we bring these shows for that reason, you know. Um, and we always say, even if we just help one person, just one, yeah. it's a beginning because then that one person can heal and that one tells another one and another one and another one, and poof, you know, I mean, I want to help thousands, you know, don't get me wrong. I really do. But, but it starts with no. one. Yep. It, starts with it, does. it starts yeah. with one. And that because one ripples out. Thinking, if we start thinking about, oh my God, we only have five people in the show today. Oh my God, there's only, you know. We we forget about all the the trickle down theories, all the dominoes that that five people in the thing. Will. So for me, it's like 
this us this group here we're having we're sitting at a coffee table in a restaurant and we're having conversation and we're getting to know each other you're sharing your story you're sharing everything about you but there are people that eavesdrop and listen so this is this is a closed session technically but there's so many people eavesdropping that they're learning from it and we'll get to watch it later you know and like see it on the internet now well i I remember a very um a very eye-opening experience for me as a chiropractor who was very physical um you know physical therapy in nature you know Uh, this would probably happen a decade or so ago i worked at uh, york university in toronto so i saw a lot of students and this this girl kept coming in i call her a girl she was probably 20 21 but she was a younger woman and she had chronic pain and so much so that she at times would like you know hobble in oh you know barely sit on my table and and i said uh you know is there anything else going on in your life that's uh that's happening maybe there's other components to this and she said yeah i said well if you don't feel comfortable sharing with me i just want to sort of give you some advice that maybe you should try letting letting it go, doing some therapy or doing something. And she goes, oh, I can never let it go. I'd feel way too guilty. I was like, oh, well, that, that's interesting. So then that conversation was over. And she, she came back in a week later and she walked in the door. She sat down on my table. No, no, none of this, none of the complaints. And she, everything was different about her. So I said, what happened? She said, well, you know, I left your, your uh, session the other day and we – I was just thinking about it and I just started to cry because I felt like I hadn't dealt with this problem and I just started to cry. And after I cried, I just felt better. And I said, so great. So, you know, I'm glad I can help you, but maybe you should just go home and watch Bambi because, you know, know, watch something that's going to make you cry and and, and it's going to really help. Uh, no, there's a difference though. You helped her have an emotional release. Bambi is not... She's going to cry for Bambi. She's crying because you made her focus and yes. zoom in on what her emotional attachment was. So Yeah, I, I mean, yes. Good job. I, I agreed, ex- except a for cry, the, the crying the still, connection, no matter what. The connection between the pain and the crying that she needed to see. It's that, a good release. Absolutely. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. that it was there. I, I, you know, I also had another uh, student one time. It was oh, really yeah. strange. Thankfully, she came in with her boyfriend because I adjusted her neck. And as a chiropractor, um, the worst thing happened, I adjusted her neck and literally within three, four seconds, she started bawling her eyes out on my table. Mm. And I thought, oh God, it's the last thing you wanna see is someone hurt from your care or something. So her boyfriend said, wow, I don't don't understand. And then they they related to me a story that the, the day before this, I didn't know, this girl hadn't opened up to me but she had been suffering with depression. And the boyfriend says, you know, she hasn't cried in over five years. And it turns out that even the day before she worked at Starbucks, she had gone into the back room of Starbucks at her break and locked the door because she was having a panic attack and she was trying to cry, but nothing happened. And so wow. as, soon as, as soon as I physically dealt with a stress point in her neck, it released that endorphin release and she just started bawling her eyes out. So I was really happy he was there to relate all this to me. So I felt that a good thing was happening rather than a negative right. thing. Happening. Then, oh my God, I broke her neck. <laughs> right. But, so it was a big release. But again, it was this this whole 
physical connected to emotional and it goes back and forth. You can affect the physical through the emotional. You can affect the emotional through the physical. It's all, it's all connected. And so, um, you know, sometimes you just need to, I see these examples in my, in my practice that will at least bring it all to, to reality. Mm. I love that. Are you still practicing chiropractic? Yeah, I practice full-time still uh, oh, okay. right Midtown Toronto. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So next time I'm in Toronto. I'm yes, please. <laughs> Right. I'll have to stop by on my way to Mama D's. <laughs> road trip. Road trip. Yep. Yep. I'm you, it's going to happen one of these days. Mama D's going to open her door and I'm going to be standing there. And I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring wings. Okay. Okay, then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It would be great. It will be great. Oh, my gosh. We only have 10. We only have 10 minutes left. You, are you doing okay, Athena? Are you all right? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, yeah, okay. my, so okay. my husband came home early and soccer isn't um, until after seven. So I'm good today. Yay. Oh, awesome. awesome. <laughs> Unless you want me to step off and then that's no, totally okay. No, okay, okay. Absolutely not. No, I just don't want to, you know, make sure I don't keep you from anything. Um, but, you don't you know, want children being upset with us because they were late with soccer mom. I know. Sometimes I have to jump off. At the, you know, I have to be soccer mom. And, um, you know, this is, I love this her is kids. Her kids part are... of my life, too. <laughs> She's yeah, got the most you. kids. The, I mean, like, picture perfect, gorgeous, you know. Mm, I mean, I think so, but I'm biased. So <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. And that's not saying that my, my girls aren't beautiful because they are. And they you know, are. Yes. Mama D's kids are. Beautiful. I haven't seen Mama D's kids. I've only seen that little grandbaby you had. You had chucked <laughs> up next year. She was the cutest little, 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 little. Oh. So Do you have cute. any grandkids yet, Mark? Not yet, thankfully. <laughs> my, 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 my daughter is not 18 yet and my son oh. is 14 so okay yeah, no. yeah you no. have time yeah we have time yeah. so ours are close i have 16 14 and 8 so oh, we're wow. right in the thick of it with yeah. those teens right no, we're going to <laughs> mine's over with you know, university is <laughs> about to start and all that kind of stuff so, you know oh boy oh boy yeah. the next phase yeah that's a scary Very thing exciting. oh my god my daughter and these are the what? times yeah, and these are the times they really need all of your guidance, especially your book, because they're going to be facing a whole new, you know, new everything, and that can be quite the yeah. I, you know, the problem is at this point, Dad is one of the last people they want to listen to, so I've got to get my messages in <sighs> in a different way. They're very loving kids, but they also, you know, but you're still Dad. I'm still yeah. Dad. So, um, thankfully, though, we can we can still talk. I, I I do tell them every day that I'm grateful that they will they keep me in the loop that, you know, we have conversations about it. And even, even the other day, my son just kind of blurted out that he was experiencing social anxiety at times. And I'm like, why haven't you told anybody? He goes, oh, I didn't want to tell anybody. I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs> now we can chat about it, you know, because I never would have known. So. Right. Right. And especially, you know, I mean, cause you, you talk about it a lot and it's, at least it's working and it's gone through. And this is what we need more in this world. I swear to God we do. And I'm going to go on my rant because we have too many children having children who don't know how to raise children, you know, and people that do have the children, they think and they're doing their good deeds by shipping them off to the most expensive things that they can do. And it's like, you know what you got to do? You got to keep them a little bit at home and teach them the basics. 
so that and we're coming out of this pandemic where life yeah. is nuts and everybody has like social anxiety all of a sudden it's like yeah. crazy but they you wouldn't know it. it right mark i mean or, sorry dr mark dr mark yeah, you wouldn't funny. know it right most people like you didn't recognize in your own son so many people are out there walking around swing saying this needs to be at the top of google you know yeah. you need to be at the top of google most, so most many people, people don't, you would never know. You, don't, you have no idea. Yeah, yeah. You, you really don't. And uh, even with myself, you know, some of my patients who are reading my book now, they, you know, they they just would have no idea that you know what anxiety was for me, or that it would have even been something I suffered with, or you know. And that's why I sort of came out and started talking about it because people have to know how common it is, and that they're not alone, and that there is so much of this out there, and that there's something that you can do about it to change your life and start to change the way you function in society. Um, but it takes work and it takes a, a bit of understanding. And I think as you were saying before, Gina, there's, 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 uh, you know, I've done some of the work in that there's things that won't work. Don't do it. Yeah, and there's do things it. that do, that yeah. do it. And, uh, why not use people that have been there and done that and, and try to learn from them. And it's expensive. These things that you've done and places you've gone, it's expensive. I spent thousands and thousands of dollars. Yes, exactly. So that they will do nothing as opposed to the fear yes. of doing the wrong thing. Right. Yes. Fear is what is that revolving door that, you know, stops everyone, you know, from, from going forward. They're just stuck. Well, know? I think, you know, one of, one of the things I learned as a chiropractor and someone who's gone through anxiety is movement in motion is the key to life. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep in motion. And that's why, you know, anxiety can just be stored up energy. And that's why moving is one of the best things you can do. Immediately, as soon as you start to feel anxiety, move your body. Keep moving. Yeah. Keep breathing. Keep moving. Keep breathing. Because otherwise you get into that short rhythm, you know, short breaths and you're yeah. frozen because, you know, um, the fight or flight system can sometimes be called the fight, flight, or freeze because yeah. you can also just feel frozen. You don't know what to do. Move, start to move, you know, whether it's get up and go for a walk, get out, just move your body. And as soon as you start to move, yeah. you get unstuck. So, you know, there's lots of things you can do, but movement is the key to life. Keep moving. That is right. Aww. And you know what else? Christmas is right around the corner. This yes. would be a fabulous book to buy for people on your Christmas list that suffer from anxiety or depression or any of the symptoms that we talked about tonight. All right. This would be a fabulous. Well, if, if I may, if I may, the book, everybody here can download for free. The course is an awesome gift because, because the, with the code, I did uh, create a code for everybody tonight. It's only for this group. It's CR30. When you go to checkout of the course, it will give you 30% off of the course. Um, and it's a few hundred dollars, but you can do it over your, your own time. It is an incredible gift to give to someone that they can go through this program and change their life. Um, everything that's in there changed my life. Every aspect of it is what helped me live an inspired, uh, happy life. Um, so I really encourage people to uh, get this program, read the book and do like, you'll get the whole package together. Uh, but it, it will 
if you go through this and do the work, you will, you will make a change in your life. There is yep. nobody that's gone through this course that hasn't said to me afterwards that it's impactful for them. And the amazing thing is, is we've had men who are in their 50s and 60s and 20s. We've had women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s. Everybody has gotten something different out of it. Somebody's going to really have gotten something out of the career portion out of it. Someone else gets something out of the auditory portion out of it. Someone else just likes the breath work. The, the idea is that there's going to be something in there that is going to resonate and change your life. Uh, and I don't say that lightly because exactly. um, you know, it's true. your life is, is an important thing um, and, and a yes. you know, significant thing. But That's you true. will. You just have to do the work. That's true. And we're always saying this. Question mark. You said the CR30 code will give them a 30% discount on the course? Yeah. 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 But you do have to do the work. You know, people always want everything just given to them. No, you do have to do the work. To, to get the best benefits out of anything yes. in the world, if you do the work, is, you know, where you're going to, you're going to. Um, and it's even better when the work is fun. It's, it's so much better when the work is fun. I so yes. agree with that. Yeah. Because what? I, why does work always have to be a drag? I mean, right. I love my work personally. Like yeah. my work is so much. That's why I keep doing it. That's why I'm here every week because I'm like, this is so much fun. I get to talk about <laughs> crystals. I get to help people heal. I get to help yes. people feel better. Um, yes. You know, similar, you know, to you, you get to help people get out of this, you know, bondage of, you know, their anxiety and start living a little freer. And I mean, gosh, just being able to see the effects of that is, you know, or people who watch this show, being able to see how joyous they are afterwards. Like, right. you know, that's, right. it's not always, it's not always not fun, right? Sometimes that's, it's the work is the best kind of work. <laughs> it is, it is because it's, it's going to be an addiction. Once you have that first breakthrough, that first thing that makes you feel good, that hug the dog in the morning, the hug, you know what I mean? The, whatever, the, the wonderful face, you know, your neighbor coming over, your long lost friend all of a sudden appearing, you know, that wonderful feeling that you get, you know, the coming into the fox den every week, that wonderful the coming into the fox <laughs> that you get, right? That's what you want. That's, that is what you want to grab onto and hold onto. And that is the coherence revolution. So join it, join the coherence revolution, right? Viva la revolution. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Mark, thank you so much um, for, you know, being patient with us and, you know, and, you know, and, you know, letting us reschedule and actually, you know, getting to have you on the show appreciate you so much i appreciate you that you're you're doing this for the listeners with the book with the money off of the course and everything else i, I it's just you know hands down yeah. you're, you're just a great guy well th and, thank you for having me and um you know i actually i've done a lot of podcast radio interviews over the last year um i really like the vibe that you guys have set up of this show thank Not, you there are a lot of people who don't i mean I don't know what it was, but there's a, there's a vibe that you guys have set up around the show and just between the two and three of you. It's great. It's uh, it's very it's very um, uh, attractive. Oh, <laughs> well, we love well, it's, we love it's these, we love it's these ladies. Oh, for these ladies, everybody. it's everybody, and it's it's yeah. what we do, you know, and um, and why we do it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. All right. So everybody. Okay. So this is Monday. I know it's a, it's an odd night for the Fox time, but we will be back on Thursday and we're going to, you know, continue this kind of uh, 
theme going on in divine trust. It's kind of the same thing. It's trusting in other things that, you know, to heal you, to help. So that's what we are doing. Hang with us for a quick, uh, just a, a second, Mark, Athena, and everybody else. We'll see you Thursday, our regular time. Bye, now. Ciao, ciao. Happy ciao. Thank you again for joining us for another episode in the Fox Den. We're here every Thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you a variety of guests, streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and our anchor venues. We would love it if you would go to our YouTube channel, The Fox Den with Gina B and Mama D, and please subscribe, share, and definitely hit the notification button to never miss a show. We'll see you all next week, and subscribers, watch for our pop-up shows as well.